The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold right here on pain.tv slash gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. I hope everyone is doing great. It is Tuesday evening going into Wednesday morning. Thanksgiving is among us, and we probably all have a lot to uh, be thankful for, like the Fourth Industrial Revolution, the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, Elon Musk, and Peter Thiel. Those are things to be thankful for, folks. And what you could be thankful for is that i'm going to take a short break away from the history of eugenics that we've been covering over the last couple of episodes i have some new documents i'm going to introduce to you over the coming days i'll probably do a show tomorrow and thanksgiving but tonight we have a special guest dan golvach i told you about that last night dan has been on the show before he has been on the thomas Paine podcast the mothership of this operation and he has been on the former show that I used to produce, the Douglas Ducote Show. You know Dan's background. I explained that to you. Um, I'll just give you uh, a quick little synopsis here. Dan's been studying uh, theology, geopolitics, criminals, schemes, scams, grifts, and world powers for uh, over 40 years. Dan's son, Spencer, was murdered by a four times deported illegal alien. Um, several years back, Dan lent his story to Donald Trump during the 2015-16 race, knowing that uh, chances are Trump would end up screwing us all over. But Dan thought it was important to tell his son's story and to help bring the issue of illegal immigration and open borders to the forefront. And he looked at Trump as a useful vehicle for all of us that were interested in that topic. So he... Uh, Rolled the dice with Trump, ended up with pretty much the results that all of us thought were going to end up happening, sadly. But that's how I met Dan as I was working on a border documentary with Douglas Ducote. Uh, we were introduced to Dan. Dan introduced us to a lot of people down along the border, the really good law enforcement, the guys that are out there trying to do their job. So I've known Dan now for a few years. Uh, met with him in Texas over Christmas when I was traveling with my wife, and he is just an all-around great person, very knowledgeable. He's been following the FTX story, its ties to CBDC. I mentioned that to you over the last couple of episodes. So, Dan, it's great to have you back on the show. How are you doing tonight, my friend? Well, I'm still in the game, Dustin. How are you doing, Dad? <laughs> i am doing fantastic man i mean hey I, I know you were telling me for uh you, you were actually one of the people when i was going through the divorce that said listen just get the hell out of there there's going to be good things on the other side it was really you and maria albanese and so when i left nashville man i i was depressed but i don't i don't let myself ever get like really really down and i've told the story on this show i just happened to get really lucky i met uh Maggie and it just clicked right away and, and now we have a boy and everybody's healthy so I can't really complain you know 
that's what it's all about. And uh, you'll progressively get faster at changing those diapers. Trust me. <laughs> I've probably already changed a couple dozen. And for all of my friends uh, my age <laughs> and younger, you know, I'm 41. All my friends my age and younger that have been complaining about it. I don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, seriously. I mean, maybe if it, if it was my daughter, it might feel different. But it's my son. I'm like, hey, I got to take care of him until I potty train him, which I'm hoping to potty train him by next weekend. So everything should be fine. But no, I don't see uh, it as a big deal. Maybe if I was in my 20s. It would have been like it cuts off your club game and everything when you have a kid. But when you're 41 and you've already done all the crazy stuff, you know, it doesn't seem like a major inconvenience at all. Well, I'm going to need you to come down here and help me with my uh, puppy black lab. <laughs> He's not there yet. <laughs> so you got you got lots, you got I'm spending, lots of nature's miracle. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so you, you guys went out for a walk today. Yeah, we go out for a walk, and he always waits until he gets back into the house to do his thing. So, you know, I have to follow him around like uh, with the nature's miracle stain and odor remover, kind of like the Secret Service has to do with Joe Biden in the White House, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, it was, it was funny. The other day, uh, my mother's actually, my mother's in town, my stepfather, and then my mother-in-law just flew in from Poland the other day. She's here for a couple months to help us out. And so uh, Maggie had William dressed up in like this orange kind of Halloween onesie she bought. Of course, we thought he was going to be born around October 28th. He was two and a half weeks late. So she had him in this orange Halloween uh, sort of onesie and he farted she thought he went to the bathroom so she went to change him and then he crapped and for those people out there that don't know like in the first week uh, the kid craps it, it looks like yellow almost like the insides of like a pumpkin or like a cheddar cheese spray it's like so it was yeah, like shot out of him, and he had the orange jumper on, and he looked like Gallagher, the comedian, smashed a pumpkin up on the stage. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I said, "Take a picture of that. That's that should be the next cover." If the band Smashing Pumpkins was still around, that should be their cover. <laughs> uh, past the Grey Poupon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, so Dan, you were just yeah, you were just telling me before, uh, you know, you had a gig canceled the other day because of the weather down there. It's been kind of cold and rainy, but it, you know, it was really interesting. I've been out of that sort of entertainment game for a while. You're still in it because you play out. Uh, you're like a one man band, and then you have a band, so you're out and about around the Houston area doing parties and uh, restaurants and private events. But you said ever since COVID land, the high school theater production, you've seen the industry take a hit as far as, um, you know, when you're relying on disposable income. Yeah, you know, that's a disposable income. Well, that's what my industry hinges on. And so, you know, it, I did have a good first part of this year up until uh, October when I started noticing it starting to, uh, to kind of, uh, you know, now granted it's become kind of a seasonal business anyway. So uh, it's, uh, you know, when it, it, there's a lot of outdoor gigs that I do and so forth, but I, I'm just seeing from my vantage point, I'm seeing, uh, a lot of uh, of my venues 
the owner's telling me, well, we're not seeing the numbers that we, you know, we need to see. And I've had a few of them closed down and there just seems to be some consumer confidence. I it's probably because when you go to Kroger's to buy your, you know, your pinto beans and you're paying two and a half times more than what you were a year ago or whatever, you know, that it all adds up. And uh, so when Friday night or Saturday night comes around, you, you have less disposable income to go spend on a few drinks and listening to me sing brown eyed girl, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think Dan coming on, like with all of this inflation and uncertainty, you know, piggybacked on top of, you know, COVID land, the high school theater production and shutting all these guys down for three, four, five, six months a year, depending on where you were in the United States, they were just getting to the point where they were making up for the money that they lost being closed and now on top of it like you said if you're just an average middle class guy and you're like you'd like to go out on friday nights with your wife or your girlfriend or whatever you're now going man i I can't really go spend that hundred bucks like i can't afford to do it anymore that's uh that seems to be uh what's creeping up on us so so are you are you seeing less people are you seeing less people out at the venues Pretty much. I mean, uh, I did a venue last week that I started back at it. It's a, I told you about it, Krabby Daddy's. It's a place that uh, they, they reopened up under a new owner. The the old owner passed away, but they just reopened up. And uh, the only people were there, there were people that I invited. So they're just not getting a built-in crowd. And I'm seeing it uh, just across the board uh, i'm just not seeing uh, as much in uh, one of my venues that was pretty lucrative a you know, pretty good place for me to play they just went under she said I'm, I'm losing money every time i open my doors wow wow what kind what kind of place was that a restaurant bar it was a wine it was a wine uh winery over in uh west of here in a, in a place called chapel hill beautiful spot and she said, I just can't afford to have entertainment. I'm having to let part of my staff go, and I don't even know if I can keep the doors open on this place. Wow. How long have they been around? Really, uh, a couple of years. And oh, I did think they, they open? opened up right before, oh, right before. Right before the COVID thing hit. Oh my God, that's like that's the worst. Because you go sink, you know, a half a million, million dollars into opening up a business like that, and then they close the doors on you immediately. That's crazy. I mean, uh, now, you know, you know, the- we were, we were, uh, that was in a county that wasn't as, uh, stringent as, you know, strict about it as the county that I live in, which is Harris County, which was awful. But, you know, most of my gigs that I work are, are out of this county, thankfully. So, um, but, uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. You know, I mean, it is in the slower part of the year, but it's, I've noticed it. A little bit slower than usual well let me just ask you this for uh because i work for the um irs so no i know pre-covid <laughs> yeah pre-covid land the high school theater production live action role play uh what uh like how many gigs a year would you on average do between you know all the different types of customers you know whether it be a bar restaurant a private event like how, how many would you do in a year like a hundred uh, 
Oh, 200. Wow. So you, you were booked uh, almost two thirds out of the year. Now, what, like on an average year, I mean, I know it's hard to judge because you've only been operational for, you know, 18 months or less, but what do you think on average you're doing now? 130. Oh, okay. So it has slid. And do you notice a difference? Because I know in your business, you'll, uh, like, sometimes you'll you'll go out and you'll do an event, you know, at a bar or something for not much, a couple few hundred bucks, but then you're allowed to put out, like, a, a tip can, and you can make quite a bit of money off that. Like, do you see that going down I, now, I've too? Seen, I've, yes, I've seen a decline in that as well. And, and as soon as the CB... <laughs> DC uh, comes in. uh, I'll probably see even a greater decline. Well, yeah, because they they won't be allowed to legally transfer that to you because that doesn't fit the mold of the Technocracy Incorporated Energy Certificate. No, Dan. I mean, as someone who like I went to college at art institute of philadelphia my background was in in design and sculpture before that i was like a a fine artist and then i spent the first you know eight years of my life uh doing commercial sculpture and i had a little marketing design business and i've been reviewing all the technocracy incorporated documents on the show the last 10 12 episodes i found like a treasure trove of stuff coming out of the 1920s and 30s Uh, and it's basically the system we're pretty much living in like they've spent the last hundred years building this and when you read this stuff dan that this stuff is more detailed than the federalist papers you know articles of confederation the constitution i mean these guys basically have thousands of pages in documents defining the new government and it's basically everything world economic forum is pushing the united nations everything that we're doing here out of silicon valley in washington but there's actual stuff in their dances there is no value value to art no value to literature no value to creativity basically they consider you um, i mean it's all defined they consider us human engines and they say that for the food and the energy uh, the food and the oxygen that they allow us to take in in energy we only put out 10 percent of that back into the workforce so they deemed us to be inefficient going all the way back to 1920 so now all this transhumanism stuff and engineering us out of existence makes total sense but as someone who uh i mean you're you're like me that's why i like you so much i think you got some of the right brain and some of the left brain so you can think analytically but you can also think creatively i got the creative stuff from my mom and the analytical brain from my dad but to see how they talked about like you and i would have been sent to the gas chamber a long time ago if technocracy was put into place uh wholeheartedly in the 1920s and 30s like they would have been like what you play a guitar you waste energy you're going in the gas chamber (laughs) i mean this stuff is crazy what i've been reading we're on the obsolete yeah we're on the obsolete list yeah no question Oh, yeah, obsolete because, one, you question authority, (laughs) and two, you're a creative. So it's like, boom, you're gone, done, out of here. Oh, I think music and art has, has, it's, uh, well, for me, it's always been uh, necessary just to maintain my sanity. I mean, I don't like to get in my car and just listen to the car. I like to listen to Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd, you know, it yeah. just colors everything up really nice and uh, it makes it, 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 it take it transforms the world from black and white to technicolor right you know it, mm-hmm. 
music, music accents everything. And yes. uh, it's a, it's a language and it, uh, it, music and art, you take that away and you, you have a very bland world, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, when you read these old technocracy plans, the goal was to make it bland, man. Everybody gets the same number of energy certificates, which are basically what cbdc is because that's going to be like a carbon-based type system and and they changed out yeah. energy certificate for carbon credit that's the only difference instead of how much energy you consume it's how much co2 footprint you have that's basically how they changed it but when you read this stuff the the founder howard scott who came out of columbia university he he was not even hiding it. He said there is no individualism in this system. You know, there's no equality. There's no individualism. That's it. Like you, you are a uh, you are a slave of the state. It's a system of total control of the means of uh, production and the distribution of goods and services. And that's why I said when you look at what's going on today. Even here in the United States, we're already under quasi-technocracy. Yes, you have the illusion that you vote for your representatives under a so-called constitutional republic, but they've used their private sector extensions to push all the service industry into gig work, which is all controlled by the technocracy. They push all the people that make art and stuff at home into Fiverr.com or into Etsy.com, people that want to rent their house or their apartment into Airbnb people that want to drive a taxi into uber you know people that want to make podcasts like me we're all driven under like spotify and then they have the ability to cut all any of us off from making money at any time or to throttle you so you can only make so much so they've already taken 50 60 percent of the workforce and driven us into a technocratic system at the end of the day Spotify can cut me off. At the end of the day, if you sell, uh, like say you wrote music bits and you sold them on Fiverr.com, I mean, all of a sudden, boom, that's it. They can stop you from making money any day they want. Yeah, that's about to be jettisoned into overdrive, I'm afraid. And that that's what attracted me to this FTX story because it, it this thing is so huge and it it's, so profound and part of it what's profound about it is the fact that the mainstream media is telling you part of the story but i don't think they're really talking about what i consider to be the bigger part of the story yeah so i and, told the yeah i told the audience the last couple of days that you've been texting me stuff and you've been following this and um generally on my show because i try to um leave things evergreen that's why i do a lot of research into the history into these documents i try not to jump on board with what's going on in the daily news but i said to the audience this is very important and i just have not had time with everything else i'm doing and all these uh this treasure trove of technocracy documents i found to look into it i said i'm gonna bring dan on he's been uh sending me a lot of stuff and i just don't have time to go through it so let's let's just start from the beginning on this so all of a sudden the last uh, week i start getting text messages from everybody about this xtx uh x ftx stuff and this guy with the big afro so who's that guy what happened from the mainstream perspective like what's the story boy oh boy well 
first of all, it's a fluid story. So I'm learning every, I'm learning things. It's, it's still ongoing. This rabbit hole is, it's just, it's just digging deeper and deeper and deeper and I'm starting to see things. And, you know, the best way I can describe this, I would liken this guy, Sam Bankman fried, freed, I call him scam bankster fried fraud. <laughs> uh, he he's much like a a multi warhead ICBM. He's he's one missile that hits a lot of targets. And if you pay attention to his background, if you dig into his background and where he comes from, who his family is, you have to start asking yourself the question: Was he really in business to uh, offer people cryptocurrency service? You know, and and you know a, a you know, a, a an alternative to fractional reserve uh, fiat money banking. Uh, and my conclusion is that he was either uh, wittingly or, or, or I should say unwittingly or wittingly a tool for the bankster cabal, the fractional reserve fiat, central bank, federal reserve, all that. Uh, and I, I suspect it's the latter. I believe personally that he was wittingly involved with uh, basically sabotaging what was meant to be a, an alternative to that form of currency. Uh, and if you really start reading into his background, you see that no one that he sprang from the family that he sprang that, that you would think the last thing that they would want to do is to uh decentralize money and and uh take the power out of the bankers hands uh and it's just uh it's really obvious how you look at his father his father's his name is joe banker and uh, <laughs> he's a stanford law professor and he was a huge advocate for all these far left causes. Uh, he helped draft legislation with Elizabeth Warren, who is the most outspoken opponent of private cryptocurrency companies there is. Uh, he, his mother is uh, Barbara Freed, and she's also a Stanford Law professor associated, associated with pretty far left causes and uh, heads up an organization called Mind the Gap, which advocates for criminals' rights. Uh, then you got his brother, Gabe Bankman. It gets really interesting here. He runs an organization called Guardians Against Pandemic. <laughs> and you can guess where that's going. It's, uh, it's interesting to note that uh, FTX gave $18 million to fund this, to fund this uh, study that supposedly debunked non-vaccine therapeutic type drugs to treat COVID-19. Not to mention that they fund research for new improved mRNA vaccines. Uh, he also has Aunt Linda, Aunt Linda Freed, who is part, part of the World Economic Forum and uh, is in charge of the human enhancement. Uh, interesting enough, FTX was listed as a corporate partner with the uh, World Economic Forum. And until last week when Klaus Schwab scrubbed his name from their website, but it's, it's on there. I mean, there was plenty of screenshots of it. And uh, he was part of that. And uh, so it's just... And it's interesting to point out that he gave over $40 million to the Democrats and uh, specific, specifically lawmakers in charge of commodities, commodities and Future Trading Commission, which oversees or is supposed to oversee companies like FTX. 
what does that tell you? <laughs> he, he's basically funding these people that are his overseers, right? Uh, so it's just his company is just a Christmas tree of red flags, uh, red flags, and uh, none of these regulators seem to, to uh, notice until interestingly right after the the midterms. Uh, and so, but the bigger bigger story. I mean, when I said he was a multiple warhead ICBM, yeah, he did a lot of things. He was able to obviously uh, funnel a lot of money through Ukraine back to certain politicians, uh, and he was able to obviously, uh, you know, fund things like uh, research for new vaccines and research faulty research phony research that makes it look like there's uh therapeutics or that debunk therapeutics for uh covid and but i think the big thing that he was put in there for is to get rid of or to bring down the government boot with regulations any alternative to central bankers because just a few days after the collapse I don't know if you noticed this in the news, but the New York uh, Federal Reserve announced their pilot program, uh, and they're including uh, some big banks. Uh, they're going to start uh, studying CBDC, right? Central Bank Digital Currency, and uh, this was on the heels of the Joe Biden's executive order 14067, which opened the door to all of that. And uh, the participants in this are uh, Citibank, Wells Fargo, BNY, Mellon, uh, US Bank, MasterCard, PNC Bank, and Trust. And there's more. There's more. Uh, ne nearly all developed countries in the world are adopting this, uh, CBDC. And uh, People want to ask themselves, is this any different than the current fiat currency scam that we have going now? Well, it is. It's fundamentally different because, first of all, right now we still have cash. And we still have cash in circulation. And that means you can do things anonymous. You know, you can be anonymous with your spending. Uh, they can't necessarily trace all of that. And then you have commercial banks. That there's a lot of in-between people, a lot of middlemen between you and the people that actually issue the money and print the money, right? Well, that changes this. This is basically a direct line from people to the central bank. And this, these CBDCs are basically a ticket to tyranny. Well, it's just, you, know, you can, if you watch any of this, these, uh, World Economic Forum uh, symposiums or these these talks they have about this subject, and you go to the G20 and you listen to the director of the IMF, they're all saying, "Well, these, yeah, we need to have digital currency that's controlled by the government, and there needs to be, you know, social credit scoring uh, attached to this." So they're all open about it, you know, based on carbon credits and, uh, you know, you you see this shaping up and they want to get rid of cash. They want to get rid of alternatives to, uh, to, you know, this, uh, the central bank fiat money via private banks and private, 
cryptocurrency companies. So they want to get rid of it. They want the government and in cahoots with the Federal Reserve banks to be able to control everything. And I think that he was put in there as a uh, wrecking ball because now what's happened, it's a psyop. So now you see a big, because of this, it's such a colossal collapse that you're seeing that all the politicians and, and the public sentiment going towards, well, we need to regulate this now. We can't have this. We need to, this is all geared towards bringing in a government controlled digital currency. Yeah. And, and it's the it's the I was going to say, it's the same thing they used to do with the so-called consumer protection advocates like Ralph Nader. You know, they need to come out and act like he was on your side. But the whole point was to help them create regulations that cemented in place further monopolies and centralization of certain sectors and industries and markets. So when you look at this guy, I wanted to ask you this, too, before we we go any further. Right. Just for people that haven't heard about this story um, uh, much deeper than if they've seen it on mainstream news. So you have this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried. Now, prior to this coming happening last week, this big news, would would a regular person, the average Joe out there, Dan, would they have heard of this guy before or unless you were sort of a, a crypto junkie type of person, you wouldn't have heard of him? Well, I'm not a crypto junkie, and I didn't hear of him. But if you were, yeah, you would have heard him because he was one of the two largest and he was backed by BlackRock and Foya and Coleman's Tiger Global and a bunch of big investors that, you know, they're a part of the, the New World Order cabal that we're always talking about. Uh, and you have to ask yourself, how do these ragtag kids, you, if, I don't know if you've seen them, but they, they don't look like much. Uh, how did they grow a multi-billion dollar, what, $26 billion dollars? Uh, just in a matter of a couple of years. I mean, that doesn't just happen. It's just like the rest of these tech giants. They're not self-made people. You yeah, know, like well, it's, it, it's like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and Peter Thiel and the Jeff Bezos exactly. and the rest of Bill Gates. I mean, the rest of these guys. But that's what I was going to ask you. I'm like, who is this guy? If if 99.9% of people didn't hear of him before, all of a sudden this big scandal happens. And this guy that no one heard of with this big afro, uh, all of a sudden he's the next Bernie Madoff. He's the next Enron. I mean, that's, that's seriously like he's at that level. I mean, bigger than that, really, right? He's a minion. Yeah, oh, yeah, this was huge. This is huge. I mean, uh, and there were plenty of red flags. You know, every, anyone looking at this, I mean, I'm looking at it retrospectively because I didn't look at it before, but, you know, if you look at laws and you look at regulations, they were just, you know, they were just glossing over it again. You know, he bought a lot of the, or he donated uh, to campaigns of, of, of a lot of the people that were, uh, that were over that, that commission that's supposed to oversee this. As a matter of fact, <laughs> the person that Congress has, has uh, designated to investigate this is Maxine Waters, who <laughs> he donated to. And so you know where this is going. Well, they have uh, a similar hair. They they have a similar haircut. So, yeah. 
I was going to say, yeah. has anyone seen Sam Bankman Freed in the same room with Maxine Waters before or no? So that's oh, yeah. the question. Yeah, I sent you a picture of them. <laughs> oh, so they yeah, have they been. So they're not she, the same person. I, there's a picture of her blowing a kiss to him. She blew a kiss to him. And, wow. Uh, you know, so this is just incestuous thing that, that you know, it's, it's Bonnie investigating Clyde, right? You know, it's, that's what this is. And well, it's, it, it, it's a, a joke. Yeah, no, and Dan, I was going to say, in the, in the episodes I've been doing with, uh, I think you listened to one or two of them, with Wide Awake Jim, who's been covering all the climate change hustle and proving that even the regulators admit that the CO2 pollution is fake, but all that is leading towards introduction of carbon credit-based CBDC as well. So when this happened and you started sending it to me, you know, my mindset was already thinking of CBDC and climate hustle. So I'm like, you know, each of these things has, like you said, it's a warhead, right? They each have multiple purposes, but they also run multiple of these problem reaction solution loops at the same time. So this allows Congress here in the U.S., and then you're going to see it all around the world, jump up and say, oh, we have to regulate, we have to regulate, we have to regulate, and people will cheer it on, uh, those little guys that lost money. Exactly. But in reality, it, it comes in right like what they're going to do with climate change stuff, and they're eventually going to say, look, Dan, you guys didn't buy enough EV cars, now we have to introduce carbon credits, and this is just another avenue yep. they could do it. This is only to expedite the central bank digital currency, and that central bank digital currency, the, the, we, you and I have talked about this. We know that they're going to allow cash to be around for a while. They're, they're not going to just smack us all at once with, okay, we completely change. If there's going to be a transitional period, but I can guarantee you that paper money is going to be phased out. And it's, you know, there's a lot of advantages to digital money. I mean, I, when I get paid sometimes, you know, I get paid through uh, Zelle and I pay my band members through Zelle. And it's, it is, it's much easier. It's a lot less, it's easier to keep track of and all that. But, and it's fine. But the problem is, is now there's going to be an AI ran direct line from the central bankers to you. And well, they get to, uh, no, I, well, I was going to say you're right. Don't a lot of people don't understand. They think that they have money in the bank. Okay. <laughs> they don't. All right. It's fiat money. If everybody ran to the bank at once, right, what would happen? Yeah. I think that I think uh, just like. Well, I think Wide Awake Jim said that with all the money that's currently in savings and checking, that the banks currently only have like I think it was one point two six percent of that in actual printed yep. cash. Yeah, exactly. And that was the same business model for FTX. That's what's so crazy about this. Yeah, I mean, so you have this these bankers that have made themselves so rich, and they're buying the governments and politicians so they can get the laws where they're the ones that get to they're the only ones that get to print money and they can they can turn that quantitative easing magic money machine on when they want and when they they they, they have put themselves in a power in a position where they can control everything and everybody including the governments oh definitely uh, now uh. it's 
now it's become more of on, on a micro level where there, where you can't, you know, you think, well, I'm just a little guy. Uh, they, it's kind of hard for them to keep their eye on everybody with that much precision. No, it, it's not, not with the type of, and that's what Klaus Schwab and this, I, I watched the, this, the little meeting that the WEF had on this subject. And yeah, we need to, we need to make the, uh, AI, uh, you know, res, uh, respond to this and, and, uh, sensitive to this so we can tell who's, you know, who's eating the meat and who's driving the cars and, uh, you know, who's using up too much carbon and you know how it's, you can see where this is going. Yeah, well, I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask for, I was gonna ask your opinion on this because you mentioned it a couple times now. So, in part of the research I've been doing on the origins of technocracy, which just think of it as today being, you know, World Economic Forum takes the place of technocracy incorporated, which was the group formed in 1933 to push this stuff. But when you look at it, Howard Scott. The head of it was being led around uh, by Frank Vanderlip, who was actually on Jekyll Island, uh, part of the Jekyll Island group. He was known as the original guy who started the Federal Reserve. And so what I've told the audience, I just want to get your opinion if you agree with this. The bankers are about... Uh, control and the bankers are about power it's not about money in the way you and i think about money because in any form of money in any form of currency they control the printing press so whether the money is seashells or the money is monopoly money or the money is the paper fiat currency or money is carbon credits or money is energy certificates they really don't care because they control that supply so whether it's actually printing dollars off a printing press like today or really of yesteryear cash is used so rarely now or it's digital tokens that they just mint they can mint endless amounts of digital tokens nobody knows how many actual tokens are in circulation at any given time just like you don't know how many pieces of paper money are out there the bankers are about control and power and as long as you as long as you and I have faith in that money or we accept that currency, the bankers are infinitely rich because they control the spreadsheet. They can just say, we're worth a quadrillion energy certificates. And you go, okay, I mean, what are you going to do about it if they declare that? We can't stop them from declaring that. So they're more about right. this control system. So the more control, this is why they were putting the energy certificate plan out there in 1933. And most people would sit there and say, well, wait, aren't bankers these evil vulture capitalists why would they be behind pushing this energy certificate program i said because they can control the people more with energy certificates based on than with fiat currency and now we're here today the difference between now and 1933 is they actually have the technology to get it done now before they didn't have this kind of technology that that's that's what's happened with all this ai and all this you know, digital, they, they see it, they saw this, uh, and with the cryptocurrency and the, and how this works and, you know, digital commerce on the internet. And they figured, all right, here's, here's our big chance. You know, it's not about them really trying to make themselves richer. They already have everything. Okay. This is about control. They, they control they the money, the value of our money is only what they say it is. That's what kind of power they have. 
Uh, you can have a pile of money and they can say that's worth a roll of toilet paper or it's worth a mountain of gold. It's They're the ones that have that decision. Well, Dan, exactly. Well, exactly. And just to make it even clearer to people is that not just if you have a pile of money, uh, like a stack of $100 bills today, and they say that's worth toilet paper, or they say that's worth whatever. It's the money is only a reflection of your labor or the service or the product you sell. So if Dan goes out and plays music for six hours tonight, and he's trading that for six loaves of bread well these guys have the ability to push a button right now and when dan goes out and plays by the time he's done the owner says dan here's a slice of bread dan goes what i played for six loaves of bread and the bankers say no while you were playing dan the value of your labor went down it's only worth one slice of bread now that's the power that these guys have yeah yeah the irony of this ftx thing is okay what happened was they basically had a bank run okay so, you know, Bankman, you know, he has this other company, Alameda or whatever it's called, and he's, his ex-girlfriend's running it, the goofy-looking little nerd girl. And so they, they take their customers' money and they lend it out or they invest it in bad investments. And so, so when, when they, uh, the uh, customers decide they want to go ahead and you know, hedge their bet. You know, get out of this thing, and they want to get their money. There wasn't any money there, and that's so. Now the irony is, the government's coming in and saying, "Well, this is why we need to go to to a uh, central bank digital currency." Because, and if you think about it, that's nothing but a micro FTX is nothing but a microcosm of what the Federal Reserve has always been, because it's always been a, a cycle of growing debt. Growing national debt, inflation, and then doing what? Uh, uh, you know, jacking with the interest rates, uh, you know, printing money out of nowhere. That's how they've been kicking this can down the road. But what they've done is they've made us all debt slaves. And, yeah, they, uh, they made it. They made us. I mean, not even you and I. They made our great, 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 great grandchildren exactly. debt slaves. But again, it, it's if you and I rejected it, like if all of a sudden, like I tell people, Elon Musk could be on paper today worth two hundred billion. Tomorrow he's worth three hundred and twelve billion. Well, if we had our own breakaway community and we didn't accept fiat dollars, when Elon Musk showed up, we'd say, "Dude, you're you're freaking poor. You're homeless. What are you talking about? We don't take that money." In our eyes, well, you're dirt poor. We, we 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 trade in seashells, yeah. pal. <laughs> That's the heart of the matter right there, Dustin. That's this whole point of this FTX. The reason this, this is what I'm putting forward. This is my opinion. I believe the FTX was put in there as a front. It was never designed to do any engineer to do anything other than take down alternative to fiat money. That was the whole thing. And which explains why they overlooked all the crazy red flags that this company was putting up so so hold on so let me ask you this so he was running around was he okay so he had ftx and then they had uh what did you say the name of the company was his girlfriend was running alameda alameda okay so was alameda was was that like 
like a hedge fund like where you made an investment in it and then they made investments what were they no, actually like marketing themselves as it was another exchange it was another cryptocurrency exchange it was just part of ftx it was another sam bankman fraud so, well, let's just say you and I, like, do you know how it worked? Like, you would download the app, and then you would buy uh, various cryptocurrencies yeah. to them, or were they selling their yeah, own token? Like, yeah, it's like Bitcoin or any any other yeah. digital... I've never actually owned any myself. Okay. Uh, but but it's, you know, it cryptocurrency, I believe, at, at the onset, at the beginning, had, you know, it was... It had... Uh, good intentions, which is to create a currency system that was separate from the Federal Reserve or the central type of banks where you got, you're working on fiat money, fake money. But it, it is, over time, it's just, you know, it's just evolved into something that yeah. really resembles that and well, but, so, well before before you know it once you had these exchanges like coinbase you know that's publicly traded and everything which the majority of like yeah. laymen use once you had all that and when you download the app you have to take a picture of your driver's license you have to give them your social security number everything's it says it's being reported to the irs like once i started to see that happen five or six years ago i'm like Okay, whatever it was supposed to be is over because once you're actually, you know, that's like, for instance, Dan, if you and I went to a swap meet, like one of these big flea markets in Texas, and literally everybody trades in pine cones, right? And then, but now all of a sudden you go down to the flea market, you walk in and they go, we're taking your photo, doing a facial scan. We have to, we need your ID and your social security number because we're reporting all the pine cones you trade to the IRS. Like, well, then it's as soon as that happens you're like okay this is not a free exchange anymore it's it's already been hijacked so what's the point yeah, of me doing this being versus and, going into a grocery store with a credit card that's being tracked you know yeah and you know this like i said this rabbit hole is so deep and it's so wide that you could go on on about the specifics but if you're gonna put it into a synopsis Basically, this is the new world order. This is the Klaus Schwab. This is the open borders. It's all the globalist uh, scheme to be able to control us. And all, if they allow these these cryptocurrencies to do these nefarious things, it was on. You know, they don't mind because it, it's created this nar this narrative that hey, we need to really have regulation. We need to have central bank digital currencies we need to give this over to the big boys you know who are quote unquote you know they're they're secured you know they're they're backed up by the you know the federal government and uh yeah because the federal yeah, government yeah, loves right. you and the federal government will protect yeah. you because they love you yeah and so uh it, to me all this was was an engineered fake company that the, the it, like I said, there were several things that they achieved out of. They got politicians in power that they wanted to keep in power by funneling money money through Ukraine. They they were able to fund some of their their pet scientific projects like mRNA and you know so forth. And but I think the main thing was to create this narrative that you know private money exchanges are bad and that 
This needs to all be handled by one central bank, which is the biggest Ponzi scheme of them all. Yeah, exactly. So let's, well, let's get rid of the. Let's get rid of these. Let's don't have any more. We don't want y'all to be subjected to these small little independent private Ponzi schemes. We want you to all to be sucked into our big Ponzi scheme. It's just like Bernie Madoff said. You know, he goes, "You think my Ponzi scheme was bad? Wait until you see what the federal government's been doing." Yeah. No, and, exactly. Uh, but uh, let me ask you this: So when this all blew up like a week ago. Um, because I wasn't paying attention. What ended up happening? Like, what was the first story that came out? Like you said, it was the equivalent of a bank run. So what happened? He had all these well, different investors, yeah, was, right, from celebrities and wealthy people that, what, supposedly were trying to take their money back out, and it was literally like a Ponzi scheme? Like yeah, he was taking yeah, he, people's money in and yeah, pushing it got, back out? he got into some trouble. He got into some trouble in another, the other big competitor, Binance, and I, don't ask me the guy's name. Uh, he was going to bail him out and then he, something happened and he, he decided not to bail him out. And he, he, he made some tweets and that's what set this off. You know, he said, look, this is, this company is insolvent and blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's, he's on Twitter and all the, all the traders, you know, all the, uh, are the people that own, you know, own coins in this. FTX company saw this and they 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 did the bank run. They're like, I'm getting my I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go get my money right now. Get out of it. Why well, I still can? Well, they when they went to get their money, they found out there was no money there. Oh, so this the really was had, so this really was like a Bernie Madoff scandal. Yeah, yeah. It's a, except it's a lot bigger. I mean, I, and I need to correct what I said. What Bernie Madoff said was, you think my Ponzi scheme was bad? I didn't mean to say the federal government. I meant to say the Federal Reserve. Because the Federal Reserve is not the federal government, even though it controls the federal government. Well, yeah. It's not. It's, it's a private. Yeah, it's privately ran thing. No, but what you, what you did, what thing. you... What you did mean to say, though, is the Federal Reserve is the federal government. The federal government that we know well, of it is. It, is nothing. It yeah, doesn't have it's, any it's power. Not a, it's, not an elected, it's not an elected federal office. It's, it's a group of demonic, satanic, New World Order bankers that are running this Ponzi scheme that are so rich, that made themselves so rich that they've been able to effectively buy the government for the purposes of getting the laws passed to allow them to basically run their Ponzi scheme and they get bailed out or they get bailed out or they're allowed to turn, they're allowed to make money out of nothing. Think about that. It's no different than if you were allowed to have a money machine in your house and every time you got, you know, a little bit, uh, in, in the, in the, in the red, Financially, you could just turn that money machine on because you passed a law saying you could do it. Now, exactly. if you do that, we would be we would be put on charges for forgery, right? If you and I started printing money, what would be we would be we'd go to prison for forgery. Well, and to make That's things work. And the, well, and to make things even worse, it's like the equivalent of you turning on your money machine, your printing press, in your basement. So you you're running out of money. You go and you say, "Screw it! I'm not going to work. I don't feel like playing gigs. I'm going to print a thousand dollars tonight so I can pay my bills this week." You print the thousand dollars, but to make things even worse, that thousand dollars is then added on to your neighbor's credit card. That's actually 
actually what you really yep. do. You print the $1,000 and your neighbor gets stuck paying for it and paying interest yep. on it, the neighbor being all of us here. Because every time they turn on the printing press, every time someone gets a loan from the bank, they don't actually have the money. They just add it to the debt pile. And so it gets right. passed on to you, me, our, you know, your son, your son's future children have to end up paying the debt. That's why we're $32 trillion in debt with over $300 trillion in unfunded liabilities. It's just endless. And they <laughs> know. know we can never pay it. So they're nearing the point, not like they're going to go bankrupt, but I think because everybody goes, oh, they're not going to be able to hide this for very long. Well, it's all fake. Like all the debt is fake. The money's fake. I think it's all being, the veil's being lifted on a lot of this stuff like this guy. And then you'll see the climate change hustle. The veil's lifted is so it's all a setup to push us to the next system. So they're going to blame it on us as they always do. And then they're going to say the solution, you peasants, is that we're going to, you know, make sure that you guys get uh, taken care of through universal basic income and cbdc they're going to offer everyone exactly. ubi just like the stimulus check they're going to say listen yeah. all you have to do is download government wallet off of your smartphone and you're going to get a thousand energy credits every month that are going to come into your little wallet and that's how the that's how it starts now you're 100 percent correct that, that comes with strings attached that the strings attached is yes but you'll get what you what you'll will provide for you but you won't drive cars. You won't eat meat. You'll eat bugs. And you won't own anything. And and if we, you know, you won't be able to. If, if we don't want you buying ammo, we don't want you buying guns. We don't want you doing those same naughty, eco unfriendly things that you were doing uh, before. Well, this is this is the most amazing thing about the technocracy documents I got a hold of from the 20s, from the 1920s, 100 years ago, because in there they talk about this and the way that they're going to end any black markets is that you and I won't have access to any natural resources or the ability to actually produce anything. So if they take away all the metals, you and I can't even make ammo on the black market like they could literally end all of this stuff because they control the means of production yeah, but exactly and, like and, and so what they're going to yeah, do is and, when they give you the ubi and they say to people listen uh social security we told you for 60 years it's bankrupt well we're finally admitting it's bankrupt don't worry you're going to get cbdc in your wallet like you said they're going to slow roll it though they're not going to tell you you can only eat crickets on day one they're going to tell you you can only eat crickets a year two two years after it's in place because now they've already got you addicted to the new system. And once they have you addicted yeah. to the system, and like exactly. you said, ca a form of cash, a form of paper money will still be there because they don't want a war with the people that are 60, 70, 80 that still use cash. Uh, you know, they'll just try to kill them with another pandemic or something. But they don't need that kind of a war. These guys, time is always on their side because for some reason they, like now that I found these technocracy docs i'm like jesus they were working on this for at least 100 years this beginning really goes back yeah. to 1913 to the federal reserve i mean that was really a big kickoff yeah. but they have a way to expedite getting rid of the cash too Justin. and that's going to be via the next pandemic because i can tell you it's coming they're going to drop something and what they're going to say is look y'all wait we just can't have y'all touching all this paper money and coins and stuff and passing it on to other people you're going to give them 
you know, COVID 24 or whatever. And so we really need to just go with digital exchange, digital currency now. You know, that this is, it's so easy. And people say, well, when is this going to be here? It's already here. Look at China. China's the canary in the coal mine. You know, this is all this is already in place there. You know, they monitor everything that those people do. And that's what's coming here. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I argue all the time on my show that they monitor everything we do. It already is here. They just haven't, like, announced it as one big thing yet. I mean, think about, yeah. you know, 40% yeah. of households well, in this country have- has, has ring cameras yeah. and stuff on their house. We set up our own prison planet, and we paid for it. Like, we went out and bought all the... Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't well, tell we, you we yet. We still have cash, too. We still have cash. We still make cash transitions, and it- transactions and we still have these you know commercial banks where we you know it's there's middlemen between us and the government and it's there's a lot of red tape involved with that and it's not this what makes us fundamentally different is this central bank digital currency bypasses all of that you're going to be have you'll have there'll be ai running this and as soon as there's any kind of red flag of what you're doing, I guarantee it. Then your your account will you'll probably get a message saying, "Okay, you've you've eaten all the meat that we're going to allow you to eat this month. So no more meat. You can't buy meat because everything will be coded, right? You know. So when you go to store, you know, you try to buy meat, your your digital fiat money won't allow you to buy the meat. It won't. It, you'll only be allowed if you, they go to the gas pump and you've already used up your quota your your i mean your portion uh allowance of gas then they'll just cut you off nope you can't drive anymore this month uh you know oh, bingo bingo uh, and, I mean, get- and think about it right now dan if you were using you know apple pay or venmo or zelle like you said or you're even using right. your debit or credit card like the infrastructure for people that think this is just uh, some kind of fictional dream, the infrastructure is already there. I mean, they could do that to you on your yeah. credit card right now if they wanted to. Like you, just like you get a, a possible fraud alert if you go drive out of state and you go to get gas, it might stop you, and then you got to call your credit card company. It's the same thing. You could go put your credit card in right now, and it says declined, and you call up, and they go, "Yeah, Dustin, I'm yeah. sorry, you you already bought 31 gallons of gasoline this month. You're a has been used. Uh, I've been on a lot of comment sections reading, you know, in, in regards to the subject, and I hear people say, "Oh, well, this is what the Second Amendment's for." And I'm like, <laughs> "Let me explain something to you." Uh, I'm somebody that owns a lot of guns. I'm somebody that's bought a lot of ammo. It all costs money. Okay, you you can't mount a resistance. You can't put an army together. You can't do any of that stuff unless you got money. And if you're you, if you are shackled to only using their money they're not going to let you buy that stuff okay they're not going to let you do anything as soon as they see that you're trying to organize or do anything they're just going to cut you off they don't need to send send armed uh you know jack booted thugs to your door they just cut you off it's that simple that's what it cbcd is it's they don't need an army they just need the the digital electronic spigot that's all they need. And once they get this in place, they got us. Yeah. That's and, like you know, the same has, thing. You know, Nigeria it, it, it rejected it. There has been a few countries that have said no to this. 
Uh, now, who, who, now who is it me, that's saying no, Dan? Is it the people or the politicians? How is that working? The, the, the people came up in arms in Nigeria and they said, no, we don't trust the government. Says the biggest scammers on earth. So the Nigerian prince who sends you emails about your uh, inheritance, they were like, no, 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 not happening. No, 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 no. No, no, scam us. We scam you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I I guess my point is if we're going to stop this, we better stop it before it happens rather than after it happens, because after it happens, the only thing that's going to stop it is a full-blown just collapse of society. I mean, we're, I'm talking without rule of law, just dystopian nightmare uh, where it's law of the jungle type of collapse. That's the only thing that would, I could see that could possibly stop this or maybe world war three, you know? Uh, and, uh, it, 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 once they get this in place, once they get this in place, it's done. And, uh, and like I said about cash, I think like we both said, yes, they'll let cash stay around for a short time, but they'll be able to expedite that with their next pan pandemic. Uh, because, they don't want people, they're going to say it's a health hazard. You know, it's public health. And we really can't have these type of uh, transactions anymore. Uh, it's just, it's, when you, you've got to use digital money now. Yeah, well, we saw them already uh, set that, they already set that narrative up during, um, you know, I think they personally could have got away with a lot more during COVID land. And for some reason, they didn't push as far as they could uh, because, you know, most people just got in line. Even if you didn't believe it, most people didn't want to create problems. So you just shut your mouth and you go along with it. But they started doing that. They were doing the, uh, you know, coin shortage. There was a metal shortage. Then they said the money's, money's dirty. So some of the big chains stopped taking cash. And then they can declare a climate change paper shortage. They, I mean, there's 26 different ways they can do it. And yeah. as, we, as we learn with every one of these problem reaction solution scenarios, there could be 90% of us that don't buy it. They don't care. They'll just keep pointing at the sky and telling yeah. you it's uh, green. And you'll yeah. say, no, it's blue, it's blue, it's blue, until they say it's green, it's green, it's green. And then eventually you just go, okay, whatever, it's green, fine. You know, and so they do this well, all the time. It's That's just phase one, too. All of this stuff is, this is even the darker side of this. And it's hard to say this because it just seems so outlandish. But look, you and I know that once they get, they run everybody through this digital cattle shoot and they get us into the corral. And it's, you know, what you said, uh, what do they call it? Uh, universal income and all that. And they're going to, you know, we'll own nothing, be happy and all that stuff. They don't have the resources to keep everybody on the planet alive that way the the population has to come down for them to do that they need to wake up to this it's their ultimate Uh, goal i mean dan when you're when you think about this stuff because you've been studying it for a long time and you've researched a lot of evil plans and a lot of evil plotters i mean everything down to 
the scumbags that were responsible uh, for your son's murder, uh, all the way up to these, you know, the international cults and stuff like that. I mean, when you, when you, I always try to put myself into the mindset of these psychopaths and just try to imagine what they're trying to accomplish. And when I come up with an idea, I multiply it times a thousand because we're obviously not psychopaths, so we can't really think that way. Most people can't grasp that there's actually true evil out there, which is why they have a hard time believing this stuff or, you know, they always want to look to the next hero that's going to come and rescue them. But when you look at this and all this stuff that's going on, I mean, myself personally, I think they have some kind of formula because if they could do it, they would just kill all of us. I mean, we're just useless eaters. They don't need us. Like people say, well, they need us to buy their products. No, they would rather not waste their time making plastic Tupperware to sell to you and me. They don't need us around. They just want power and control and be cemented into, you know, whatever this immortality, whether they're going to upload their minds to the cloud or they think they're going to live inside of Iron Man nanobot suits, all this crazy stuff that these guys talk about. But... You've seen Bill Gates back in 2010 with his formula innovating to zero uh, carbon. You've seen Yuval Noah Harari with his hackable animals formula talking about how they can hack humanity. I mean, to me, they have to have some formula that tells them we need X number of humans alive as basically filters to breathe in oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide. And we'll just control them. Right. We'll turn them into slaves uh, through the metaverse or they'll be living in their 400 square foot pod apartment prison and they won't be able to leave they'll go on and put on a vr headset and then their brain's going to generate energy for us or they have to have all this stuff figured out i mean they have the scientists and engineers for the well, last hundred years working on it yeah. but they're definitely not going to let you and i live to go around and you to play your guitar and me to talk shit about them on a podcast because what purpose do we serve to them we serve no purpose to these guys yeah. well that's you know again this is this goes back to that multi-warhead missile that I was talking about with this FTX because they earmarked $132 million for the, uh, this foundation of his, uh, the future fund, that's what they call it, for bioweapons and vaccines, the same thing, and uh, biochemical engineering uh, and all this, this stuff that you're talking about. It's, they're, they're able to funnel a lot of money into a lot of a lot of different directions uh, that help erect this. I call it uh, power of Babel 2.0, uh, and uh, it, it, this. I've been reading about this biotechnology firm is called Sherlock Biosciences. Uh, they received, gee, I think, it was a couple of million dollars from Future Fund, that's Sam's business or his foundation. Uh, Halifax Nano, uh, they received $10 million for vaccine research. All of this stuff is being directed towards the globalist agenda. The Everything that happened with this company was for the benefit of the globalist agenda, the fourth industrial revolution, the WEF, all the things that you've been talking about. Uh, and it's just so obvious. So but, let, let know, me again, so, the, the so let me just ask you this to clarify on this one. So 
on top of you know the big picture of this orchestrated collapse of this thing so that they could start to usher in regulations and control the the you know crypto exchanges and everything before that occurred so this guy was taking money from regular people like me and you but also i've seen like big celebrity names attached to it who knows if that's part of the wwe wrestling or or real but basically so he was taking in money stealing that money and then giving it out to all these things like you're talking about putting it through the future fund and sending it to sherlock biosciences so they were stealing money from people whether rich poor anywhere in between using that like bernie madoff going out and buying a yacht he's going and giving it to ukraine he's pushing it out to biosciences so they're stealing actual people's wealth and then moving it out into these projects and then in the end going ah we're bankrupt whatever you're all screwed and now we're going to regulate cryptocurrency that's basically what happened yeah yeah and see because he was in the bahamas they're going to have a little bit more hard time uh, uh prosecuting him uh you know he he may be able to just get away with saying hey i just was a crappy businessman and it, you know this was a risk business it was a volatile business and people just i just dropped the ball i i screwed up and uh but you know, if you follow, if you follow the, his, you know, he called it altruism, you know, he's trying to make the world a better place. Uh, I want to give all my money away. That's what he, that was a common theme. I, I don't want all this money. I want to give it away and give it to causes that'll make the world a better place. Well, yeah, he was giving it to, you know, mostly the Democrat party. I, I think a few of them gave some money to Mitch McConnell to help him get some rhinos elected and, uh, but mostly it was given to the DNC and then it was given to all these uh, biochemical research places. And he, he, like I said, he gave, you know, there was a, a, a research study that came out a couple of years ago that debunked uh, some of these therapeutics that were, you know, supposed to be able to treat COVID non-vaccine therapeutics that he, well, he funded that. He funded that research. And, the uh, research was against those so, therapeutics. Yeah, but uh, you know, it was uh, it was the research was to basically debunk the merits of ivermectin and uh, what was the other one that uh, hydroxychloroquine. Those two. Oh, okay. Um, so, ba- so basically, and, this guy was funding a lot of the same stuff that Bill Gates would fund. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the second largest donor to the Democrat Party. Um, so. Now, how long, just, how long uh, was he operational for? Five years. Started oh. right after he, he met with Joe Biden, right when Joe Biden announced, announced his candidacy. And that's when it got kicked off. And his old man, like I said, was very connected. Uh, he was another far left uh, Stanford law professor goon uh, that was very connected. He got Larry Fink in on it. Uh, and I think I mentioned some of the other companies that that uh bankrolled this thing and you know to black rock you know 10 or 15 billion dollars is nothing sure yeah we'll we'll take a loss if we can get what we want out of this uh and uh so it's just this thing he was weaponized from day one that's my belief and i believe he was nothing but an but a uh, an agent and his company was 
engineered to uh, help shore up the exclusive uh, use of uh, government fiat money for everybody. Now, now how, how, how um, much was he supposedly like managing and or how, like how much was sold into his exchange? Like it was billions or tens of billions, right? I, I've heard, I've heard two, I've heard two numbers, 26 billion and 31 billion. Well, Jesus. Yeah. So in five years, this guy goes from an idea to yeah. managing yeah, $26 billion? This guy, yeah, this, these kids in their 20s that all, that, you know, they, they all sleep with each other, right? They all, it's basically, they live together in a, in his compound there on the Bahamas and they're all screwing each other uh, and partying. And, you know, his girlfriend brags about how much she does speed. Uh, that, that These kids somehow built this massive $32 billion uh, enterprise. They were that smart. Uh, and it's just ridiculous. It's a ridiculous story on the face. Right. So we're supposed to believe ridiculous. this is like Charles Manson's compound in the Bahamas. And right. <laughs> meanwhile, they build this uh, financial company, essentially is what it is, uh, with somewhere between 26 and $32 billion in assets. Yeah, let me look. I'm, I'm looking at that. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's actually just comical. It's comical. And, um, you know, it's funny because you're talking about BlackRock being involved. And uh, Wide Awake yeah, Jim. Billion. Wow, yeah. So, and Wide Awake Jim on January the. January 31st, it was listed at, uh, at, the, at January 31st of this year, it was listed at $32 billion. Wow. Yeah, because Wide Awake and Jim all, on the. the, other on the thing about yeah, this shows you the compliance of the, the mainstream media because, boy, they were all talking to this kid. He's a whiz kid. He's a genius. He's, he's just a super genius, you know. And so that's how he got people suckered into this because he was built up by the mainstream media. You know, he got all these – he was on all these shows, you know, and they just – you know, they just uh, – they really uh, pushed him. You know, they – they uh, he was uh, – Sold as this just this rich kid, uh, whiz kid from MIT. Okay, so he's no different than like a, you know the rise of like Bill Gates or the rise of Steve Jobs or the rise of uh, Mark Zuckerberg yeah, and Jack Dorsey. Like yeah. where they where they take those guys back in their days, and the next thing you know, they put Bill Gates on every talk show, and they go, "He is the genius building the new operating yeah, system, that's, Microsoft." That's, that's yeah. the operating model. Yeah, that's that's their that's their mo. That's how they do this. They take these ragtag type kids and they and they get, basically give them a script to read they put a lot of they promote them they put a lot of money behind them and they create a narrative and people fall for it and uh i i do not believe for one minute that this was some whiz kid that built this empire any no. more than i believe that elon musk or or uh <laughs> or bill gates or or jeff uh, what's his name? Uh, Bezos. Amazon. Yeah, Bezos. Bezos or, or, or Zuckerberg or any of them I, were were just these whiz kids, Sergey Brin or any of them. 
Yeah, no, Elon, Elon Musk's paternal grandfather was instrumental in the technocracy incorporated movement in Canada, you know, and then he was involved yeah. with the Social Credit Party of Canada. I mean, that's like mainstream information. You know, Jeff Bezos' yeah, uh, stepdad, and I mean, all these guys are just highly connected. They go out and they play parts, basically. They're, they're just actors. That's why I bothered to you know look into his family history because if you look into his family history, you can see who all they're connected with, and they're they're again his company was listed the World Economic uh, Forum as a corporate partner, and his aunt's actively involved with it, and both of his parents, you know, they he went to MIT, they went to Stanford. There's just it's a very incestuous sort of small group of uh, elitist and they have they, they i guess they give birth to their own minions and they raise them up to do this and it's well it's, it's just said i'm they just give them a script here you do this and you're going to get a lot of money you're going to live a charmed life but you know there we just need you to do this for us and and the whole the whole purpose is just, it's a psyops it's or it's it's just to lead the sheeple where they want us to go which yeah. is, you know, again, the, the, the digital cattle shoot into their corral. That's all oh, yeah. this is. And they're all part of this, uh, you know, these uh, highfalutin universities. Uh, uh, and it's either going to be Harvard or Dartmouth or Yale or, you know, the, the uh, what do they call those colleges? Uh, all the Ivy Leagues, yeah. My tongue. The Ivy, Ivy League, Leagues, yeah. Thank yeah. You. Ivy Leagues, yeah. It, and it's there. It's like I said. It's it's an incestuous little group of people that uh, uh, are have a, a basically uh, handle on the technology and finance and those types of areas, and they. Uh, control the government enough where they can do this, and but some of it, it's it's just kind of absurd because really, this if you look at this guy's operation and look at him and the people that he had working with him, it's 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 really absurd. Only an idiot would believe that they actually built this empire because they were so smart. These kids were so smart. Yeah, no, you no, have to be. Well, Dan, Dan, it's like yesterday's show. I spent like a whole two hours on the history of Harvard and the eugenics movement that grew out of Harvard back in the late 1800s through basically like mid-1930s. You know, it's insanity, Dan, like presidents of the university, uh, professors there. And when you read like quotes from these guys on uh, sterilizing people and um, basically genociding them like the I think he was the head of the anthropology department at Harvard. He was like, well, we can't chloroform these idiots right now, but we can lock them in asylums and sterilize them. And what I was explaining to the audience is 
even back then you would see they create the problem so they would have open they would support open borders and mass immigration and then they would turn around and say well these immigrants are now undercutting our american stock like that's how they talked about us but we were nothing more to them than machines like human machines to work in the factories but then all of a sudden they would go from instead of calling for closing the borders and turning away the ships they would say well let's not make it about race we just have to find the unfit people in all the races and kill them (laughs) so i'm like these were mainstream professors and the eugenics movement grew out of the progressive era economists uh and at the same time technocracy was growing out of the progressive era scientists and engineers and the big thing the common denominator i point out to the audience is these guys were all devout atheists so you had these humans that don't just not believe in say christianity but they actually hate and reject the idea of god which is why they all want to play god and so whether it's playing god by controlling humanity controlling a whole system uh based on social engineering and keeping people locked into a slave system or a debt system or it's actually genetically engineering people force breeding people sterilizing people it's all about control and it's the same thing you see here like this scandal right here like you said they took a lot of money they built up a character took a ton of money off people stole the money used that money to invest in a bunch of their pet projects then turned around declared the guys bankrupt so that then they can regulate the crypto industry to help further shore up the monopolization around central bank digital currency it's like there's they are brilliant though i mean they are brilliant these people everything they do just for more control yeah it's all a psyops and uh they 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 create fears they uh it's just like i'm pretty suspicious about this war uh you know they make it they're playing it off like well you got you got putin against uh uh zelensky and uh, look here's whether that's true or not i don't know i can't tell you i i'm not on the inside of that but i can tell you this what's happening out of it who's benefiting well it they're they're closing off pipelines they're 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 uh they're uh doing damage to the supply lines for food and fuel and everything else that's exactly what they want exactly what they want because they want to be able to marginalize us and bring us all down on our knees to where they created the problem now they're going to be the answer for for the problem oh yeah i mean you have to be skeptical yeah you know and that's the thing and you you mentioned it you know russia's russia's you know they're exploring their own uh central bank usual currency as well so it's it's like no i'm not going to jump on team putin on this because and you know he's he's been a young world leader uh, at at the at the World Federation uh, World Economic Forum. Uh, so who knows? I mean, he's probably in on it. Uh, but well, it's it's you know, like. Whether uh, he is or he, it's like Wide Awake Jim has said on the show. There's already been a decision made at the international level that we're going to have international central bank digital currency. 
but like anything else, there are various world powers vying for power over who's going to have a larger seat at the table. And so he said some of this that you see between Russia, China, United States, some of that's real because it's deciding who's going to have the bigger seat, just like Republicans and Democrats. At the end of the day, they agree on the same policies. It's just whoever's in power gets to make a little more kickback than the other guy. That's basically how it works. Yeah, it's it's kind of like competing cartels, I guess you might say, but they still want the same thing. They still want a new world order. They still want uh, central bank digital currencies where they can mark everybody and, and uh, you know, get everybody in line and control everyone. That's the, you're never going to see any of these people want less power. Uh, right. And so, you know, these, all these things that are happening, they, they benefit somebody and it's all controlled and it's, it's it's so masterfully deceptive uh, yeah and i and, and i think and, one of the and, i was going to say i think one of the problems we face too is people i mean even us like so we're always complaining about it but throughout history throughout mankind people who want power end up in positions of power because people who don't want power those of us that are individualists and we just want to be left alone we don't end up in positions of power because we're not interested in running for office. We're not interested yep. in being the CEO. We don't want to rule over other people. Like we just want to be left alone. And then we say, "How are all these wolves in power eating all of us sheep?" It's like, well, because the wolves are wolves. That's what they do. They're they're driven, and once that that opiate uh, that power goes over your opiate receptors, there's no addiction like it. And there, there's never any end to it. It, it. There's always a need for a greater fix. And, you know, they'll fight wars. They'll do all kinds of things. People think that, oh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't swindle all these people out of their money. Or they wouldn't start this war where all these people get killed. Or they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't allow this, uh, this, this you know, they wouldn't engineer and manufacture a, a bioweapon disguised as a uh, virus that kills millions of people yeah they will (laughs) yeah i know i know it's crazy i I mean i used to say that on other shows i don't think i ever mentioned it here but i'm like listen all all these people say when when like the hillary body count was being talked again about again in 2015 16 with all the trump's trump memes and people would say to me come on the clintons wouldn't order dan Golvach to be killed because he had dirt on them i'm like what are you talking about when these people are in office they start wars over oil pipelines and have boys and girls on both sides murdered instead of going to the table and negotiating a better deal they literally get people murdered over this you don't think if somebody had dirt on them they would order their hit of course they would and it yeah it all rolls back to what you said is the atheistic ideology and you know george soros was pretty honest about it you know they asked him didn't it bother you that you were turning in your fellow jews to the nazis and you were you're helping the Nazis, and and he's his reaction to that was, well, someone was going to do it, so it might as well have been me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't feel bad about it. I don't feel bad about it at all. It's the greatest days of my life, you know. You know, so it, you know if when you don't have a supreme being and a God that you're going to answer to for all eternity on Judgment Day, uh, when it, then it, then then you the way you you know you uh, 
come to that conclusion that you're able to reconcile that with yourself is just to say, well, it's, it's survival of the fittest. And this is the jungle. It's the law of the jungle. It's either them or me. So it might as well be them. And that's the way these new order, new world order goons look at it. They, they don't even feel like what they're doing is evil. They just see it as self-preservation. They see it like, look, we can have a much better life. I could give my family a much better life. And if, if I can get rid of or, you know, or subjugate most of the people on the planet where I don't have to share resources and I don't have to do political things to decide who gets what, you know, that's, it's like the old Pink Floyd song with and without. It's what the fighting's all about. Uh, it's, it just comes down to that. It comes down to a simple atheistic uh, ideology that just says anything that you do for your benefit is okay. Because, yeah, well, you no, know, you're, the only you're, life is. You know, you're a hundred percent right about that. And 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 I just want to bring this up because I brought it up to the audience the other day. And I wanted to get your opinion. I actually had it written down here to ask you. So I, I had said to the audience, I was in the middle of just kind of free flow thought. And I said, um, what really makes these guys dangerous, either the technocrats of yesteryear or the Yuval Noah Hararis of today, uh, you know, or a Hitler or a George Soros or any of these other guys, is if when they look in the mirror in the morning, they don't actually realize that they're evil. They actually think they're good because, in a sense, they're doing the same thing you do with your child. If you're trying to save up uh, when they're young because you want to send them to college because you think that's going to make them a better person and give them a chance to make it further in life than you did if these guys are constantly working to cement their future generations into positions of control and power like do you think someone like an adolf hitler or someone like a yuval noah harari looks in the mirror every morning like dr evil and he goes i am evil or do you think he actually thinks he's doing good like he's like humanity's disgusting and i'm going to be the guy to save humanity from itself like how do you think they look at themselves yeah you know and occasionally these people will tell you the truth about themselves for example sam uh bakeman fraud he admit he admitted it was in a i think it was a, it was a cbs it was an interview he was doing with uh one of these major networks because you know they were they were casting him as this altruistic guy that wanted to give away all of his money and he he was a real do-gooder and he finally said look i'm going to quote this is a quote he said this is what he said about having an ethical image it's a dumb game we woke westerners play <laughs> oh that's funny a dumb game that we woke westerners play that's that's that what he called ethics and that's how these people are you know they anything ethical is just a dumb game uh and he seemed to be very comfortable about it. and i think that's probably the way he was raised that look you know you're you are you were born into a family of the beautiful people the the special you know we're the ones that or have all the smarts and we're the ones that have all the money and power and we deserve everything that we have and everybody else is beneath you so you don't you don't have any moral obligations to anybody it's okay to lie and to deceive and to cheat it's okay because this is survival of the fittest and if you don't do that you're working against your own interest that's the way he was raised and that's the way all these 
Klaus Schwab and Yuval Harari, all these people were raised. Yeah, you Dan, know, you're you're uh, right about the no, you're right about that, and it's funny because there's certain sects of you know certain religions uh, and stuff we've talked about that you know obviously gets you thrown off everywhere if you have these conversations publicly. Yeah. But th no, there's certain. Well, I could mention this. So uh, you know, Jared Kushner, who recently came out and said essentially he's transhumanist, he'd be the last generation to live forever, the first generation to yeah. die, uh, and he's part of the Habat Lubavitch crowd and everything. And 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 you've shared many extreme things that their top religious leaders have said now not to say you don't see some of that coming out of extreme forms of christianity or extreme forms of uh islam so you see but the more that i've been studying the technocrats uh the the history of the eugenicists now you're talking about like this sam bankman and when i study elon musk and peter thiel so i'm starting to see these guys coming from all different areas but they sh that is the common idea ideology they share uh sort of like we were told that hitler said about the jews like these subhuman mongrels well this is what you hear coming from these elites they look at us as subhuman mongrels and they can do whatever they want to us they can use us abuse us steal from us kill us uh whatever they want to do to us as long as it benefits them and i think that does come from the absence i say to the audience like i'm not here on this show to sell christian Christianity, but if you remove any semblance of God, a creator, natural life, mother nature, from this, you end up in what the fourth industrial revolution is, this merger of the biological, physical, and digital worlds, the merger of them into what? A prison, a prison planet where all of us are slaves. And they believe they can be God, but as I tell the audience, exactly. they're not God. They're hijackers, they're pirates, and they're freaking hackers. That's why they they call us hackable animals because they can't create anything everything they try to create is just a copy or they try to hack us they try to dna splice us if they were god they could snap their fingers and have a totally new form of dna they wouldn't have to hack humans yeah, yeah i mean if you want to put it in terms of satanism well satanism pure satanism they don't even believe in a satan they believe in it's a humanistic belief that they themselves they appoint deity to themselves and that's what whether it's habad or whether it's it's nazis or whether it, you know it doesn't matter it, you've got a group of people that have appointed deity to themselves and they believe because they've they've uh given themselves this deity that they have the right to do whatever they need to do uh, to get whatever they want and walk over anybody or any other group of people that they need to to get it. They just, they've, they've given them their, their own providence. You know what I'm saying? They're, they just, they've uh, ordained themselves to do this. And that's really what this is all. It's self-worship. And that's what these people are. This, this kid, for him to be able to, in such a relaxed manner and, and, and so nonchalant and so at ease with doing this, to swindle this many people and to do this many dastardly things, tells me that at the, at the root of him, there's, at the core, 
is an ideology that tells him that he's God and he he has you know his own I guess it's just the only person he's going to answer to is himself whereas if he had a Christian worldview or you know that type of worldview that he he would answer to a higher to a God uh, to an actual God a creator God then he would be terrified to do something like this his conscience wouldn't allow him to do something like this because he would be afraid of judgment day well they're not afraid of judgment day they don't believe in it yeah it's like yeah. a burn i to mean them, it is like a bernie madoff if you if you go off of like let, i always let's just go off of the official narrative story you know someone who could go take in all of this money through pension funds and you know there's teachers and firemen and policemen like literally people who who uh make you know almost nothing in the scheme of things and then just take all their money and go buy a yacht with it and you're like screw them i mean i guess when the when the scam is up it's up you know screw these people i don't even care and you end up leaving all these yeah. people broken high and dry you're like some lady who's been teaching kindergarten for 42 years and uh is going to retire with a few hundred thousand dollars in her in her pension and boom you just steal it you go well, what'd you do with it I, don't, I bought a gold watch with it i mean what do you mean what i do with it it's like they don't even care at all. Yep. And I, I'm a believer, but even if I wasn't, I would tell you that, it, you know, that the God story would be a myth worth perpetuating or propagating because I want my leaders, I want people over me to believe that they're going to answer to something for what they do. But I, I actually, I am a believer, but it's, you know, uh, these people that, that it just goes back to what you said. It's an atheistic really belief. It's, uh, they don't believe that there's a God that they're going to answer to. Therefore they get to make their own rules. What, what difference does it make? You know? Well, yeah, I mean, look, I would, you, you're not going to reap what you sow. I mean, uh, when you, when you read this, then, this stuff that I was reviewing last night, and this was a very interesting piece I reviewed last night because it was written by Harvard Magazine in 2016, and it was basically Harvard admitting to all the stuff they did from the late 1800s to the you know, mid-1930s, and then the article ends up basically apologizing and saying, yeah, this was just a blemish on our record. Oh, really? A 45-year blemish? And then they say, well, and we're going to be the leaders in all this transhumanist stuff coming up and G DNA splicing and uh, designer babies. So hopefully we can get it right this time. I'm like, first off, it never ended in 1935. The eugenics programs continued, but no one could be involved with this stuff unless you do believe believe that you are god i mean when you read this shit about like sterilizing the unfit i mean dan this was i found this stuff it was crazy so the minute the history of the minimum wage do you know what the history of the actual minimum wage was i can't tell you okay these progressive era economists created the minimum wage for the purpose of forcing a bunch of people out of the workforce that then they could deem to be unemployable right so they say you and i were working right. as dishwashers and they hated me because i don't know i had japanese ancestry and you have what was your dad lithuanian is that what uh that was Cro uh, croatian 
Croatian, Croatian. Croatian. Right, they, so they didn't like Japanese and Croatian blood. So they would set a minimum wage, and let's just say it's today, of $29, right? And so now the the employer goes, fire, I'm not going to have these two goons here for $29. I'll just fire them. So then they would deem you to be, this is how they socially engineered it, to be unemployable. Then unemployable rolled over into what they called unfit. So now if we were unfit, then we were deemed to be fit feeble-minded and if we were feeble-minded then they'd send us off to an asylum or like a concentration camp where would we would be chemically castrated so these guys were so uh strategic that they were like let's pass minimum wage to force these people out of the workforce so we could declare them unemployable unfit feeble-minded and then chemically castrate them like you don't do that kind of stuff unless you like you said you believe you're self you are a god you know you are the means yeah. to the end basically yeah and uh oh, that's what got satan thrown out of heaven that's the story you know i will be like the most high and uh so that's what that's the very spirit of satan is i'm god and uh that's that's the problem that this has always been the problem and you get these uh I'm godders in control the way they have. They've always been around, but it's like you said, now we live in a, in a technological age at, where they can really see an opportunity to do what they tried to do thousands of years ago in Babylon, which is build their one world utopia. And uh, that's where it's just Babylon 2.0 is what we're dealing with here. It's, it's the same spiritual disease uh but it's 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 just a different time and, and now they're they're using technology to bring this about and this this the thing that probably worries me the most is this you know cbdc's i i think that they are people really need that the word needs to get out and people really need to understand what this really means i mean they're going to be sold on it by all the, the conveniences and bells and whistles, how, ma- how much easier to make life for you, but they're not going to consider, they're not going to be educated about the, the uh, unintended consequences of this, which is someone's gonna be controlling every aspect of your life. They're gonna tell you what you can buy, where you can go, what you, if you have express opinions, you've already seen how this goes with PayPal, it's already here. To a degree, I mean, look what happened at PayPal. If you, yeah. what do they call it? Misinformation. What misinformation really? That's code for you're disagreeing with me. And if you disagree with me, and if you have an opinion that's contrary to mine, I'm going to call that misinformation. I'm going to find you twenty six hundred dollars. See, it's already here. It just isn't completely all invasive like it's going to be once C, uh central bank digital currency gets you. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's it it is going to be the end of our freedom, uh, the end of our ability. I, I don't know how any of us really escapes it. You can go live out on a homestead, but you still got to have money. I mean, you well, might that, be able that, to survive for a while, but I mean, 
Well, that's what I explain to people all the time of, you know, living one foot in the matrix and one foot out of the matrix. Unless, like, unless you had $5 million right now, you could go buy a homestead, build a 50-foot wall around the whole thing, put a dome over it so they can't uh, geoengineer your crops and destroy you. Um, You know, I mean, most of us, like, you could build a breakaway community and we could trade potatoes and barter back and forth for services and stuff. But at the end of the day, you need to go get a $25,000 John Deere tractor. You're not going to walk into that uh, dealer with with a sack of red onions you know, and say, yeah, well, hey, can need, I get the John Deere need, tractor? You're going to need more than, yeah. You're going to need also, uh, along with that John Deere tractor, you're going to need millions of dollars worth of military hardware because... When they want to sweep you out, when they get that type of power, they'll have the type of military machinery to take you out in a matter of minutes. You know, they'll have the type of, they can just, okay, well, we know where they are. They're in this sector right here. Let's just, let's go carpet bomb them. Well, the other, the other thing too is like, you know, you say a bunch of us got together and we bought uh you know, uh, a thousand acres in West Virginia, right? And then you split it up into uh, five acre plots and then you take 500 acres and you build a big community owned farm that everybody owns a share in the farm that owns a piece of property in this community, like a half Amish style thing, right? And so down on one side, you have a big shared office space with internet and everything. Maybe over in the living area, people say, oh, screw it. I don't want Wi-Fi and everything over here. So you you could build it. People can get together. You can figure it out. But, you know, the issue is they could fly an old-fashioned crop duster over it and just kill your farm. I mean, that's how easy it is. Yeah, the only way that I can see that you would be able to defend yourself from them is is if you had weapons of mass destruction loaded onto a, you know, a delivery system like Kim Jong-un, you know. (laughs) You could, look, okay, you can take us out, but we're going to take lots of you with us, so... You know, you have to have a deterrent, and unless if you can, you can get the fellows, you know, to pitch in enough cash to buy you an ICBM or a few ICBMs with some thermonuclear weapons on them, and you might have a chance. But if it's just going to be you and the fellows on the back of your trucks with some AK-47s or AR-15s, well, you ain't going to go far. Yeah, well, let, yeah. let's talk about that quick, because you mentioned to me before, because you have, you know you know, prepped on a personal level where you could survive for a few yeah. weeks if shit hits the fan. But like you always were pretty upfront with me and you said like, you know, if it gets to the point where you've got to go underground and live in a bunker where you like breathe out of a straw through the ground, like who really wants to do that? Cause you said, I don't know if you met some guys or you were watching some stuff with some of these like hardcore preppers, but you said at the end of the day, those prepper communities, like those guys will be eating each other alive a, a month after shit hits the fan. Yeah. They'll be sitting ducks because in that world, let's face it. The only thing you own is what you can defend. And right. they've got this idea that in this this dystopian world that people are going to, that, you know, hordes are going to come up to their property. Oh, well, it says no trespassing. And, you know, I could get in trouble with the law. Well, there is no law. You know, or the law is, you know, are actually the people that will be coming up to your property is is the new law that disregards the old law. Therefore, they don't recognize your property. They recognize it as something that they 
can take, just like the communists did with, you know, with, with the Russia, you know, with the Russian citizens and the Ukrainians, you know, back in the 1930s. Uh, they just take it. It's, it's not yours anymore. It's ours. And, you know, here's a barrage of bullets to prove it. Uh, and, you know, you're not going to have the the type of firepower it takes to defend your property unless you have serious military hardware. And I'm talking about weapons of mass destruction, the types of things they can use that can match what they would use on you. Right, and right. And yeah, because because God only knows what these guys even have. I mean, they may have the ability to just laser zap you from one of Elon Musk's they satellites. Don't even need they can they can sit in their pajamas and fly, fly a drone over you and take you out. Yeah, what do you think what do you think yeah. happens to the uh, uh why do you think they've let the Amish live the way they've lived for so long? Well, I think that uh or the Amish there to the, give you the, and I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. But, you know, the United States, I mean, we've had, we've up until now, up until recently, we've had a constitution that allowed for that type of thing. And people, there was this concept of freedom, but that's, we, we're not under that anymore. The constitution is a, to these people that are, that are, gaining control over everything the people that are pushing the cbdc's that's an archaic document from a bygone era and it doesn't apply anymore it's they just it's obsolete they're not they don't care about your constitutional or unalienable rights they don't care about any of that no and, that, uh, and that's how i've, I've explained it, it, it to the audience like before swap safe i mean he's just saying we need a new way of doing things you know we need the we need to get rid of the this idea of freedom and and uh, constitution. You know, they they come right out and say it, and uh, they had a world government forum not too long ago. <laughs> they were talking about well, what we need to do to get this one world government that uh, that we so much need. That Doctor Pippa, I can't remember her last name, is you know we need to change the currency. Once we can get the currency, we can control everything. We can have our one world government. And that's the only way is going to save the world is one world government. Yeah. No, no. no, Psychopaths, but. (laughs) They are. They're, no, they are. The most amazing part about it, Dan, when you, especially when you go back in history, you look at everything I've been looking at and then take it all the way to the present. The, The craziest part is where you see that for the most part, they have worked in sync together. I mean, they really have. Like we said, there might be little power struggles between the varying uh, cartels. But at the end of the day, they've already agreed on, you know, what the system is. I, I, I mean, and I understand. You could break it down like uh, Wide Awake Jim has done on the show, and he's coming back next week to do uh, Bank for International Settlements, and he's going to show how they control BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street, and then those three go into the publicly traded companies, and they end up taking over like 30% of that company, and then they control the board, and then they're able to say, you're going to do woke policies, you're adopting ESGs, and before you know it, you're watching the Super Bowl, and every major brand you've seen since we were children, you know, Coca-Cola, Doritos, every 
everything. Before you know it, they're all running transgender ads in the matter of like one week. And you're like, wait a second, how are all these companies in sync? And this is how they do it through this control system. Um, and then eventually... Yeah. Once they have us locked into, uh, you know, once they have us on the social credit score, CBDC, carbon credits, that's no different than putting us all on the ESG system. And when you're relying on holding out your hand to the government, it's for social engineering. But they run it through slowly, yeah. like they'll roll it out over one, two, three years, so most people won't even realize that happened. Now, you and me, you know, we may resist or say this is ridiculous and try to cheat it, but it isn't about us. It's about you know my kid it's about people that kids that are even younger than your kid it's always about the next generation that they're introducing this new stage in the slavery system to yeah if, if for any of your listeners you might want to check out you can find this on youtube you can find it anywhere you can go back to april it was the, the world economic forum they, they do it it was a one it was a world government forum that they put on and they had this, she's a famed uh, economist, entrepreneur, uh, uh, Dr. Pippa, they call her Pippa Malgram. And she comes from that uh, family of, uh, you know, it, it was associated with uh, Nixon and Kissinger and all that bunch. And she says, yeah, we, we have got to get rid of cash. She says that the time has come to get rid of paper money, get rid of cash and, in, and uh, bring in, usher in a one world digital currency. Uh, and that's, that's exactly what they're where they're and she explains why we need to do this is all the world's turbulent economy this will fix everything this is the uh you know this is the, the great elixir that will cure all of our ills and yeah, her dad was harold uh, malgum he was a senior aide to uh presidents john f kennedy lennon b johnson richard nixon and gerald ford and uh they're just telling you now they're not hiding it they're telling you what they're going to do and that's going to be the situation bank digital currency and that is going to be the end of it and that's what all this ftx crap was about oh yeah no it is and i'm telling you like all the gig companies that are all owned by the same technocrats these things in part have become these test pilots it's basically beta testing for what i think will be the first version of the government you know wallet the government app that you carry around with you where everything will be gamified yeah. and this is how they're going to get you to do whatever they say so if they want to make you look like an idiot you're going to get a thing it says you get an extra cbdc carbon credit token today if you run out to the town square and jump around like a little circus monkey and you go and do it and you're going to get a cbdc token thrown at you i mean it's it's yep. just like the experiment that elon musk showed a couple of years ago with Neuralink, where they had the monkey with the brain chip in and he's playing a pong inside of his head and every time he does a good job they let him take a sip of a banana shake out of a straw it's the same exact yeah. thing like that's what we are we're the little macaque monkey to these people yeah yeah get ready for a long game of pong <laughs> so what do you so i i mean i gotta ask you with all the research and stuff you're doing because i'm gonna ask jim when he's on too and he's trying to follow the technology and he reads all these boring documents out of the un and everything 
and he's looking at the infrastructure and build out of all the quantum computing they need to run um, you know the international version of CBDC because like he said the system doesn't work until it's international at least the entire west has to be tied into it uh, for all the the trading between the countries it all has to work together what's your guess like when do you think that they're going to try to play the game where they're going to roll it out let's say here in the United States and tell people that your social security your welfare your food stamps are all going to be coming through the government CBDC wallet what do you think the time frame is I think well they're they're doing this pilot uh, starting at beginning of 2023 so we're just about six weeks off and it's a 12-week pilot and i imagine they already know what the results are they're doing just just for show i think we'll start to see uh you know the it's it's all the legis everything is in place you know the executive orders in place i mentioned that that's 14067 that biden signed and uh i think we'll see it next year i think we'll see the the launch of it next year and and i would say that uh probably not long after uh we'll see another pandemic another released bioweapon and that's when they're going to say hey on second thought maybe cash is we got the technology now let's let's get cash out of the way we don't want to be spreading this thing to grandma let's do it for grandma and just they, that they're conditioning it i i think we'll see a lot of the stuff uh put in place in the year 2023 that's my opinion i may be yeah. wrong but it's looking that way no i, I it's, think you know, it's, uh, it's, they've done some more tabletops like event 201 and stuff i think the next pandemic is coming probably i mean based on if you go off of the number you know their tabletop exercises it'll be 2025 which would make a lot of sense because if they started if they start the pilot on cbdc in 2023 and let's say they roll it out at the beginning of like the at least the beginning phases at 2024 then 2025 for the pandemic would be perfect because you say like once you go a year into that system and then and then all of a sudden um they go oh my god another pandemic germs on the money then they go okay that's it we're going to get rid of that but you know what's great guys we've been working on the infrastructure we have the cbdc in yeah. place well i would i would i would say uh i i would calculate that to be pretty accurate and that would give them five years and by in five years they'll have their agenda 2030 complete Yes, exactly. Well, that's what I think. They're phasing it. Um, you know, it's piece by piece. And then what happens is by 2024, if uh, or 2025, if they launch Plandemic 2, that gives this CBDC two years in the works where it become people become desensitized to it. So by the time it, this is this is how this is why technocracy, in their own words, is the system of social engineering, and then it's the systematic control of the means of distribution uh, of goods and services and the control of the production of the goods and services. So what is the what is the system? Once you control the whole money supply this way, 
you're controlling the means of the production and stuff because you decide what manufacturers are allowed to receive money, which manufacturers are allowed to spend money to buy raw materials. Like you control the whole system. So if Dan owns a factory making widgets and he's not part of the cabal, and if Dan can't spend his CBDC anymore buying raw materials to make widgets, well, guess what? Dan is out of business. He can't get wood anymore. It's impossible. He can't make widgets. So that's how that sounds, they do it. Yeah. That sounds, that's a pretty, I would, I would go with that calculation. Yeah. Uh, that's how I would quantify it. I, I would say two years of, of, uh, you know, us getting acclimated to that form of currency and then the, then they drop the next few which is the next pandemic and then everybody well, see, goes, well you know i don't want to touch any you know well and the thing is they've already see? primed many people over the last what five or ten years i think you you can't even get a paper social security check anymore it's just a direct deposit uh most employers yeah. you know just do direct deposit now every two weeks you yeah. don't get a check That's anymore so this is how they're going to be able to do this. And then what's going to happen is you say, well, wait a second. If Let's say you work for, I don't know, a restaurant, right? One of the places you play at. And so all the waiters and waitresses and the staff that works there, you know, they get a direct deposit every uh, two weeks. Well, you say, well, crabby daddies, they're not going to go for this. Well, yes, they will, because they're using a point of sale system like Square, okay, which is owned by the technocrats uh, to run their cash registers and they're using a quickbooks or a TurboTax that does all their paychecks well all of a sudden that company goes hey we're not doing the paychecks anymore that way crabby daddies we're just depositing cbdc into these people's social security number government wallets and that's it it's like that's how fast it gets done see all these small mom and pops that are left are operating on software whether it be like Salesforce or, like I said, Square or some of these others, that's how they introduce it. It's not the mom and pop that goes to seek out how to start paying employees in CBDC. It's their software that they're using that makes the change for them or their bank that makes the change for them. That's how simple it is. And then they make it really easy. Yeah. They just go, hey, you don't even have to process this anymore. You know, we, we do it this way. And so there's a buy-in from everyone involved at all levels of it. And um, the public is generally primed already because, like you said, people use Zelle. I mean, I've been using Venmo when I was still in the comedy business. A lot of comedians were like, just Venmo me, man. I don't want to check. So, so many people are used to being paid in technically digital currency anyway because that's what Venmo and PayPal and Zelle are. So, people are primed for it. Yeah, this is going to be programmable currency, too. And I think that... what they were talking about at the World Economic Forum is the, you know, there will be things programmed into the money that will automatically determine what you can buy, what you can't buy. You're, it will it, streamline your tax process. You know, the taxes, you're not going to have, you probably will have to go to a tax, you know, uh, to a, an accountant. It, pro- it probably just deduct it automatically. Yeah, yeah. Every every uh, yeah, one every one carbon token you get, they're taking thirty yeah. percent of the carbon token. No, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. These AI programs are going to be. They're going to. Pro- that's what they were talking about at that that world government forum uh, that I mentioned. There was that that Pippa Malcolm yeah. uh, there. Uh, yeah, we we need to 
designed this software, this uh, or this AI, they say, uh, that will control the the uh, CBDCs uh, to take care of all that, and, and you know we can we can put in there you know, how much carbon, how much meat, how much travel, you know. Uh, it can we can prevent people from buying things we don't want them to buy, like ammo and guns. Uh, you know they won't be able to take their cash tips and <laughs> not report that to the government. And yeah, yeah. Well, and, 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 and see, that's why I I mentioned it a couple minutes ago. But I just want to put it back out there. It's it's once you have this system in place, not only does it stop Dan from being able to buy let's say ammo with his cbdc the gun shop that dan goes to could be cut off so they can't use their cbdc to buy ammo and the ammo manufacturer could be cut off where they can't use their cbdc to buy the metals needed to make the ammo see once they control the monetary system in this way they can cut off everyone all the way down from the end consumer to everyone within that supply chain so if they want to put a mom and pop uh, grocery store out of business they can cut off their cbdc so those guys can't buy bananas or those guys can't buy oranges yeah you want to get in the back of your truck with the guys with your ars and go to washington and mount a uh, revolution well you're gonna have to buy gas <laughs> you know <laughs> It's just it's not uh, not even buy gas, Dan. Yeah, the, the, the the way that it's going to work with the cars, and th- this actually goes back to the technocracy. <laughs> yeah, your car won't turn on because uh, it yeah. it it knows where you're going. I mean, that's the whole thing that people don't realize. In the original technocracy documents, they had an entire section on transportation, and the plan back then was that no one was allowed to own a car, so the government was in control of the cars, and there would only be one type of car and it would come in a two four and six seater version and you would literally go to a government budget office or enterprise office and you would take the car out and then let's say you use the car for 24 hours when you brought it back you would be docked uh energy certificates based on how much energy you consume it won't just be your car you know all this uh beneath the skin technology that you've all talked about you know, hey, if you start saying the wrong things and you start thinking the wrong things and you express it, you'll probably get some electric stimulation to help you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> help, help you, you know, mend that, mend your thinking in the right direction. You know, it, it's a slave state, folks. It's a slave state. Uh, we're looking at a total tyrannical slave state with the CB, uh, central bank digital currency. It's a slave state. It is, uh, it is. It is, you know, I I don't like to use terms like it's the mark of the beast, the anti, but it's just like it's beastly. Okay, maybe it is, uh, but it's it's definitely mimics that, and that's, well, I, uh, we're on the precipice of it. We well, better I figure would, out what we can do to stop it. it. And I, I'm not sure what the answer to that is, other than this. All say, I think what we're the only thing we're doing is what we're doing right now, Dustin. We're 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 doing this podcast we're trying to warn people hey this is coming don't be fooled by all the bells and whistles that they're promising you with this is what's really on the other side of it all you got to do is go look at china they're already doing it there 
this is what's heading in your direction. You've got to do whatever you can to stop this. And you, and, and that starts by, we've got to get the word out and because the mainstream media is not good. They're hiding it. Even the right wing, you know, Newsweek, they'll talk all day about Hunter's laptop, but they're not talking about CBDC or not Newsmax or Fox. They're, they're not going to talk about this stuff. Yeah, well, I put I put out this little plan on the fly the other day. I was just free flowing, and I ended up going through, you know, trying to weed in some, uh, start to weave in solutions, more solutions, and I came up with this thing: educate, uh, insulate, separate, congregate, and accelerate. So it's educate yourself and others. Those who want to be educated, you need to continue to wake them up and share information like we just talked about here, I've been doing on the other shows, then insulate. Like you need to start, like look in the mirror and start to say to yourself, there is a rug pull coming that I'm that is not going to have a bounce back. So if you've got money sitting in investments, things like that, how do you free that up? What's the best thing to go buy right now? Physical assets that right. you can hold on to. Should right. you take a gamble to buy a piece of property right now, at least a place you can go bug out to that's away from a city? You know, then it's uh, separate. And I say start to separate yourself from highly, uh, you know, densely populated areas because you are a little safer if you get a little further out. Uh, and then congregate. You have to start networking with like-minded individuals and start building a new community around yourself of people that know how to farm and things like that and then accelerate you need to put your foot on the gas and accelerate all those things i just mentioned because they are coming at us at warp speed and so we can sit around and talk about it and war game it and all we want but at some point you do have to start making moves you have to make a list of your realistic options you know what your goals are you know the toughest part i think for people dan is that accepting that this is the new normal just like they told us this is build back better this is the great reset this is the fourth industrial revolution we're in it right now we are in a quasi technocracy right now and so it's hard for people to accept that this you know version of the american dream over the last 25 years they sold us of saving for your kids college and sending them to college and then you saving for retirement retiring in disney world so you can play golf every day like those just aren't realistic goals anymore i don't think i think people have to realize like that is the the maybe the dream of yesteryear but it's not realistic that's not going to be your existence in 15 or 20 years that's just not the way it is anymore nope. and it's hard Hard for people and, to and accept to that, a, but I I have to run here in a second. But I, I I just would close to tell you this way. I mean, the mindset needs to be: Hey, look, you can die in your boots, or you can die in their corral. Okay, but yep. that's what we're coming down to. And and yep. you better you better put your boots on, or or be just willing to be a a willful sh sheep. You know. Definitely. I appreciate it very much, Dan. I know you got to run. Any any uh, final thoughts, or is that it? Well, uh, yeah, I do have one final thought that, that I should always include in this. Is you know, there's as as dark as we painted this picture, there is uh, there is a hope, and uh, ultimately, that hope uh, lies in the fact that we do believe in a Creator, and I do believe that the Creator is in control. And that before we get up and start worrying about this every day, we need to be mindful of the creator and we need to 
spend time with them and we need to seek him and understand that that he is none of the stuff that we're talking about is too big for him and no uh, that's a good message and i and i do i bring that up to the audience quite often i say um you know, my mentality, especially over the last few years since COVID land and, you know, divorce and other things, you know, take control of the things in your life that you do have control over. Don't give up and just wait for somebody else to fix the problems. You have the ability to take control of the things you have control of. Everything else, you just got to pray and leave it in the hands of God because don't drive yourself crazy trying to solve problems that you don't have control over. There are some things that you right. just don't have control over. So that you've got to leave up right. to God, but don't get lazy. The things you do have control over, work your butt off and try to make the changes you need to make to insulate yourself and to educate yourself and to try to separate yourself from some of this chaos. Um, I, I Somebody had mentioned on a show, I can't remember if it was you, that they, they were talking about moving into uh, kind of building their own homestead. And somebody said, well, you know, I live in the city. You know, they were friends. And they said, well, I'm going to try to do it. And they said, well, what are you going to do? Outlast me for two weeks? And he said, yeah, I will outlast you for two weeks. But for those two weeks, I'll be praying for you. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. uh, I thought it was funny. I mean, so that's, that's my thing. It's like you can't get so depressed that you're going to climb under your bed, you know, pop an Adderall with a gun in your mouth. Uh, but because you should go out there and use your time and your energy to actually start to make these moves. So that you um, you can right. insulate yourself a little bit more than everyone else. That's right. All right, Dan. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Say uh, hi to your puppy for me. I'll be down there to train it on right. the uh, the potty training soon. Well, enjoy Thanksgiving, uh, William's first Thanksgiving. It's, it's, I'm so happy for you. So. Well, we're going to stuff him wow. with uh, some cranberry stuffing and eat him. I hope he tastes yeah. good. <laughs> it's, there you go. It's a Jeffrey Dahmer Thanksgiving. <laughs> thank you very much dan all right everybody uh leave us a five-star review at apple Podcasts and a comment uh check out pain.tv slash gold if you haven't done that and if you'd like to leave a donation for the show it is donorbox.org slash dustin gold show thank you everybody have a wonderful evening and a fantastic thanksgiving i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.